Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, August 13th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing on a Monday? How was your weekend, brother man? Oh, good. It was busy. We uh, yeah. we went to the Jets game Friday sure night. Sure did. Uh, you know, take, took care of a lot of uh, personal stuff this weekend and uh, right. we watched a lot of preseason football. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of preseason football. We'll dive into, you know, they were. we talked about a lot of the games that happened on Thursday night, the debuts of Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield, and others. But there were two games on Friday, two games on Saturday. We'll certainly break down what we saw, what we take away from those games as well. Got a good show for you people. All right, we're going to not only do that, we're going to update our team name contest. All right, and we're going to look at, uh, you know, we're going to look at some offensive line ranks and kind of the implications of those and also don't forget about you need to go to rotoexperts.com and get the roto experts exclusive edge fantasy football package today one of the things we'll be talking about from that package is my guy scott angle the king his nfc players to watch as you get ready for drafts i mean a lot of people have already drafted i know last weekend was a big draft weekend i personally was in a, um, an expert league you could check that out over there at the sirius xm studios we did that it was a lot of fun i was in the league with uh wwe superstar eric young it was very interesting to talk to him talk some shop with him and also listen we were in this kind of you know quote-unquote expert league scott and like the first quarterback wasn't taken you know i got you know, matthew stafford went in like round 15 of this draft I wound up with Philip Rivers in like round 12 of this draft. Quarterbacks were going very, very late. But I digress. Scotty, remember, they're going to enter the promo code WINNER. They're going to enter the promo code the King at checkout. But one of the things I'm most interested in your analysis, Scott, I remember on Thursday and on Friday, I was like, on Monday morning, we are going to be talking about injured players at 7.05 and the impact of it. 
Here it is, 7.05. And on Friday, we talked about Darius Geis, maybe a little bit of a knee, maybe a little bit of an MCL. We thought it was going to be, you know, kind of a, a shorter-term thing. Then literally, Scott, on Friday, you know, evening, we were together, and we heard Darius Geis is out for the season with an ACL tear. Talk to me about this, Scotty. What do we do? What does this mean? Big blow for Washington football team fans, big blow for fantasy owners. But what does it mean in the kind of next man up uh, situation? Who do we think gets those opportunities? Yeah, on Thursday we were talking about we didn't know it was short term. We didn't know if it was long term just because you don't know until the tests come through. And, you know, then we heard that, you know, he's out for the year. And my mind sped back to 20 years ago when Kajana Carter was drafted and Never got his career off the ground, uh, basically because of an injury. But of course, you know, modern medicine has certainly improved. Mm-hmm. And then automatically, you know, it's, it's it's terrible. Chris Thompson couldn't even talk when reporters were talking to him about the injury. He was getting right. all teared up. He was very upset about it. And you know, then the mind immediately springs to, okay, who's next? And you know, Jay Gruden says they're not going to go outside the organization for another running back. And when you see, you know, stuff like Orleans Darqua on the free agent list, there's nobody really to come in and basically be like a three-down back or a lead running back better than what they have on the roster. So, you know, from all the research that I've done, it seems like it's going to be a battle for playing time between Samaje Pirine and Rob Kelly to be the lead back. And they're no longer calling him Fat Rob. They're calling him Fit Rob because he's <laughs> coming to camp more trimmed down. And, you know, lots, a lot of people assuming that Chris Thompson is going to step forward and be the starter. And it's not the fact. This is, I talked about this last week. The, you know, you, you have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Chris Thompson is not big enough to handle a heavy running back workload. I've talked about it before. You know, I talked about it on Thursday. There are people who are saying, I'm moving Chris Thompson up my board. You know, on Friday and Saturday, I say, don't do that. He's still the receiving back. The lead runner is either going to be Samaja P. Ryan or Rob Kelly, or it's going to be a pure committee. Those two guys are going to share carries with Thompson being the receiving back, and you can't also forget about Byron Marshall in the mix if Thompson's leg is still not 100%. Yeah, that's definitely true. The names to watch are, you know, Samaji P. Ryan, second-year guy out of Oklahoma, and I like how you're calling him Fit Rob these days because uh, apparently he's reporting to camp and maybe ready to take, uh, you know, seize this opportunity. Um, I want to ask you about Thompson, though, Scotty. I, and the analogy I'll draw is like what we talked about with Alvin Kamara. You know, when, when Mark Ingram went, when, uh, when the news of his suspension went, we had similar conversations. Everybody was vaulting Kamara right into their, like, you know, probably into, the, like, the number five spot, let's say, or the number six spot, you know, moving him up boards a little bit. And we made the point, Scott, that not to necessarily assume that this happens, that they want to keep guys like Kamara, um, you know, kind of in that 15-touch range for a couple of reasons. One, to maintain their explosiveness, and two, to not further risk the injury. We've seen this happen we saw this happen Scott last year with this Washington football team when their lead backs went out they started giving Chris Thompson more and more of the load and then he got knocked out with a season-ending injury they want to maintain Chris Thompson uh, so they are probably going to have it be Pirine and uh, fit Rob Kelly as you say there but you don't buy going outside of the organization people like Adrian Peterson luring DeMarco Murray out of retirement 
retirement or any of these kind of uh, trades maybe for some of the retreads that uh, are in danger of being cut elsewhere? My mind goes to people like Amir Abdullah in Detroit. Yeah, you know, the Amir Abdullah thing would make sense. You know, he had a good preseason game over the weekend, but uh, right. you know, maybe the Lions don't want to get rid of him. They still seem to have some affection for him. Uh, but I saw one Redskins guy who covers them, you know, who has a blog saying they could trade for Tevin Coleman. You know, the, the, no the Falcons way. are not good, not going to give up Tevin Coleman. Uh, right. No, and and Chris Thompson only carried more than seven times once in a game twice last year, more more than eight times just once. So he didn't even get a chance, really, to be much of that featured back whatsoever. Going outside the organization, DeMarco Murray, they have to coax him out of retirement. Otherwise, there's nothing absolutely out there. What about Adrian Peterson? 3.4 yards per carry, no explosiveness. Yeah. If Samaja Piran can run behind his pads better and run with more power and, you know, build on the talent, he's actually got more promise than bringing in Adrian Peterson out of retirement. So let me let me ask you this, okay? Let's let's get down to brass tacks on this one, Scotty. Um, let's say you got a draft. You know, let's say you got a draft that's going on right now. It's like a slow draft, let's say, you know, where you make a pick every four hours over email. Or let's say you got a, pay, got a draft that's starting this week or happening this Saturday or whatever, and we don't know any other information. Who are you drafting first? What is the pecking order of Washington running's backs? Can I ask you, if it's a PPR setting, are you taking Thompson ahead of P. Ryan or Kelly? Not because you think he's going to be the guy necessarily, but more like in another situation. You know, now all of a sudden I kind of would analogize it to uh, Cleveland, let's say, where you know there's a definitive, strong PPR back option and the early down work is kind of being split between two people um, until we know if P. Ryan or, um, or Kelly is really the first dog and gets maybe a, a majority of that work. How would you put the pecking order of Washington running backs? Would you put Thompson ahead of them both because at least his role is clear? I would if I knew he was healthy. There's already talk mm. about Byron Marshall splitting time with him as the receiving back early in the season. Mm. So uh, I can't rank him first. I have to split hairs and think, who do I like better between P. Ryan and Thompson? And this is P. Ryan's opportunity. Uh, you know, the offensive line suffered a lot of injuries last year. Uh, should be better this year. I think that was also a factor for Samaja Ryan, who couldn't create his own running room. But right. the coaching staff still, Jay Gruden still really likes Rob Kelly. And Rob Kelly runs with more tenacity and more fire than Samaja Ryan, who's more talented. So right now I'm going to go Rob Kelly, Samaja Ryan, Chris Thompson. And if I'm playing in a very deep league, I'll... I'll uh, go Byron Marshall if I'm playing one of those giant NFFC right. best ball leagues. Like last night, we had a best ball draft, and Samaja P. Ryan went first, and then Rob Kelly went a few picks later. I did a, I did a, did, did a best ball draft last night. Okay, fair enough. Let me ask you. Uh, you know, I got more questions on you about this about this injury and the implications. What do you think it does for people like Alex Smith? Jamison Crowder, Jordan Reed. You know, when we talked about the Saints, Scott, and we talked about how Mark Ingram was going to miss that time, part of the reason we said not to absorb it all with Alvin Kamara is we thought maybe in those games that the Saints would go back to relying on the passing game a little bit more. Now, with the Washington football team, maybe, uh, you know, I understand they like some of the guys they have in that running back room, but they still accept that it's a knockdown. Do you think that maybe Washington starts to think about its offense and pass? 
pass more or maybe think about the short passing game, which Alex Smith is very adept at. And it could benefit a guy like Jamison Crowder, who is getting a lot of buzz already working out of the slot or even a Jordan Reed underneath as the tight end. What do you think it does for the passing game of Washington? Do they have to recalibrate their scheme a little bit here? Yeah, that's that's the full thinking. You can't run the ball. You got to pass more. But I think I think it puts more pressure on the passing game that they don't need, because you know if they're ending up in like second and eight, third and six, third and seven, third and eight, you know that's pressure on a new quarterback. You know, coming to the team who doesn't have an outstanding receiving core. This team lacks a true number one wide receiver. So I don't know if it is good for the passing game. You know, that might might knock Alex Smith down a few pegs. You know, last year he was able to throw deep because he had such support of the running game. He could use play action, and there was a lot of offensive balance. So it makes me more concerned about the Redskins' offense overall. Interesting, interesting. I also want to say, our guys, Carl Anderson and Tyler Bryson, if you remember, Scotty, I mean, towards the end of last week, there were a ton of Darius Geist nicknames in our contest, if you remember. Yeah. You know, from three blind guys to it's guys to meet you to eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, guys. I got to hope, uh, Scotty, that our team name contest isn't a jinx on players. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. You know, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Patrick Mahomes stays healthy. Uh, trust me. Trust me. I hope that he is one of my uh, dynasty picks in my biggest dynasty home league of where I am the defending champion. Hey, that's actually the last question I want to ask you uh, before we move on from Darius Geis here on Roto Experts in the Morning. Remember, if you want to join the show, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Um, Scotty, if you're in a dynasty league, Okay, if you're in a long-term keeper kind of league, right? If you're in a rookie draft league, because you got to think about this in the long term, right, Scotty? Let's say you're not thinking about it just for this year. You're still drafting Darius Geis, right? Are you drafting Darius Geis or Naheem Hines in a dynasty rookie league first where you can maintain that asset? Let's say you're all the way in like the 13th round, and then you'd be able to get to keep this guy in the 13th round next year. Are you still looking at Darius Geis in the, in the end of drafts just to stash on an IR slot? Because you do think he's going to be, you know, a big-time running back next year. How do you attack that in dynasty settings? You talking about an established dynasty league or a new dynasty league? Both. Okay, well, an established dynasty league, somebody asked me in the Roto Expert Slack chat, which is part of yeah. the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package, uh, enter the king at checkout for a discount. Should I still take Darius Geis at number two, at number three overall if he's there? And I'm like, no. I like Not me. number three, you, but, you, you know. You want, to win the, you want to win this year. This guy can't help you this year. Uh, you know, maybe if you like, like the – the third round of your rookie draft, you know, okay. I, could, I could see it. But you know, if you're doing, a, doing a, a, a dynasty league that's new and you're probably going to go about 20 rounds, you know, I could sure. see it in the double-figure rounds. But yeah, that's sometimes I had to mention that because sometimes dynasty league owners get too focused on the future and forget they have to right. win this year. No, I think that's right, Scott, and I'm not saying you still have to take him where you would have, right? But, I mean, at some point, he still has a value in the long term. Like, for example, and I'm just yeah. throwing it out here, right? Like, I'm sure – no, you're not taking him ahead of any of the running backs that we're really talking about here, the Carryon Johnsons, the Royce Freemans of the world. But, Scott, what about this? Like, in a, dynasty, in a rookie draft, are you still taking Darius Geis ahead of – oh, I don't know – ahead of Anthony Miller? 
No. Anthony Miller, you know, could be a quick impact player, you know, at some point during this season. No. Okay. Any, anybody um, I think has a t- ticket to clear playing time and uh, you know clear impact in their first season, I'm not I'm not, I'm not taking you ahead of of guys like that. You know I'm okay. not even taking them ahead of Michael Gallup. Interesting, interesting. You know I, I would uh, we we're gonna have to think through like the guys gonna miss important. a full year. I hear you, I hear you, but yeah. he could be a top ten running back by the third year of his career. All right, so uh, you know maybe I'll trade from next year. Like, okay, I can't draft. So you're a, not three years from now. Should I, should I draft you. somebody who's in in high school right now in my dynasty well, draft? Well, if we if we had the ability to do that, I think that would be very very interesting to see how far down it would go. But I'm just saying in general, if you are What's in it, dynasty, uh, league, is there a rule in dynasty leagues that you, you know you do, you have to draft well, NFL not, players? Technically, can you draft a college player? I mean, that's up to each commissioner, I would imagine, and each website or platform that you do it, uh, what the ability is. But I just wanted to let people know that, listen, he is out for the year. But in Dynasty Leagues, he still carries some value, although we would definitely have him behind anybody. I think what you said is right, Scott. Anybody who has a clear path to opportunity for this year, you have to put ahead of him. But just don't forget about it completely. Listen, Scotty, I'm in a Dynasty League, you know, a long-term Dynasty League. League, where in the last few rounds, these are the kind of guys who get picked. You know, Hunter Henry will get picked and stashed, you know, in a long-term dynasty yep. league just to have him as a better value as a keeper moving on. But listen, Scotty, this Darius Geis was the big one, right? But there are some other injuries that we got to talk about that I do think have some impact. And the next place I want to look, Scott, is to San Francisco. Listen, San Francisco, everybody's so hot to trot. We tried to tell everybody to put a little cause for pause on that both in the division as it related to, you know, who that second-place team in the NFC West is. If you know the King Scott Angle, you know who he thinks it might be um, over there with the San Francisco 49ers competing there for a potential wild-card spot, maybe around the nine-win area out there in the NFC West. But also we talked about this for fantasy, how it's so many new pieces. It might take time for them to gel. And then, Scotty, I mean, come on. Um, George, you know, George Amakittle Teep, is going to miss some time, although they do expect him to be ready back for week one. Matt Breida, who many people believed, and there was buzz, Scotty, about him being a legitimate part of a timeshare as more and more reports came out about could Jarek McKinnon kind of like handle that load as a big time, you know, starting running back? We've talked about that. We've made the comparisons to people like Lamar Miller and otherwise. And then, Scotty, Jarek McKinnon himself goes for an MRI. They're calling it just a muscle strain, maybe a calf. But listen, Scotty, we said this. As soon as games start happening, people are going to start getting injured. San Francisco now, at least in the short term, without their number one and two running backs and their upside tight end, who a lot of people had buzz around, uh, might take Jimmy G a little bit more for uh, this all the gel around him. Huh, Scotty? What do you think? Uh. Kind of, kind of hard to say. He did have a lot of reps with these guys in camp. Reed is going to miss the rest of the preseason. Kittle Maybe too. they'll hold McKinnon, McKinnon out for another game. Uh, he did work with Kittle late last season. So, uh, was, was yeah, Kittle out late fi- last season? 
Um, I can't no, remember. Kittle was there for some of it, but you're right, Scotty. Yeah. There was also a lot of Selleck in those games towards the end, yeah. right? So, I mean, you're right. Maybe they had some reps together, you know, but at the same time, you've talked about it before. It takes time to gel. There was also some new pieces in there. Obviously, McKinnon, uh, Garcon would be new to Jimmy G as well. So, I mean, just generally, the offense yeah, Kittle- needs times together. Yeah, Kittle was there late last this season, the final game of the season. He had a hundred yard game. Okay, I know Selleck had some games so, in the end too. I really don't see Selleck, you know, as much of a factor. Kittle's going to step forward. No, I know. I'm just healthy. talking about in terms uh, of how he was there I, 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 at the end. Yeah, well, I'm, that, what I'm saying is I don't think he's going to be there this year, though. Uh, and already, you know, with a 100-yard game at the end of the season, you can see why people are pointing the arrow up on Kittle sure. when he's going to be there. But you, you, you're, you're right. You know, like I said, uh, it's going to take maybe some time for this offense to gel. But, you know, then again, you know, we, I said that about the Rams last year. Yeah. And it really, it really depends on the quarterback and how everybody responds here. And Jared Goff you know, immediately took to it last year. And after watching Garoppolo's first preseason game, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I am less hesitant a little bit about the 49ers than I was maybe a week ago because Garoppolo just looks really good. Okay, so... There's just, um, there's, just, there's just some things there that you can't teach. Right. You know, that maybe... And a lot of people that saw that in him. By, by Tom Brady. I mean, he made one great throw with, like, pressure bearing down on him. It's... You know, his decision-making is very crisp. Yeah, um, so definitely something we will need to keep an eye on. But listen, that running back situation in San Francisco is a little unsettled. McKinnon already banged up. Breida already banged up. Scotty, do you believe anything about Joe Williams? Remember, he's that guy that they, quote-unquote, pounded the table for a year ago. Kind of a mercurial back out of Utah. Quit the college football team for a while. But a lot of people thought he had some skills. Um any any thoughts real quick on Joe Williams potentially as a next man up in that mix? Uh, that hasn't been the next man up in the preseason rotation. You know, mm. it's, it's been Raheem Mostart. Okay. Uh, you know, he is he is in the competition for third stringer, but uh, you know, Mostart has uh, like looked better so far. And that's the name to watch then, in case these injuries get uh, kind of linger a little bit more with Breeder and McKinnon. Uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind. He only okay. weighs 197 pounds. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it could, it, it could, it could be a, it could be a, a timeshare between Mostart and Joe Williams. Okay. So listen, we just want to let people know these are the names to watch. Okay. As, uh, if there's any lingering issues there in the San Francisco backfield. Another one I want to talk about, I want to go over to Indianapolis, Scott. Deion Kane. he's a wide receiver that we talked about. Remember last week there was buzz about the different number two wide receivers almost every day in Indianapolis? Well, Deion Kane, young kid out of Clemson who a lot of people like, he is done for the season. He tore his ACL. I think this is a shame, but here's what I want to also tie it to, Scotty. Um, our guy, the walking Dez, Dez Bryant, talked about how he has multiple visits, plural, this week after a back and forth with the Cleveland Browns. You know, I don't know if he's – remember, I've been always saying that maybe Indianapolis is a fit there. Ryan Grant is the number two over there. Talk to me first about Deion Kane, and then, you know, what do you think Indianapolis does? Is it Grant, or do they look externally? Uh, Ryan Grant is a guy that the coaching staff's just like. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll catch a nice, helpful 40-yarder and – you know, get knocked down. It's, it's you know, they just, they, he's just, he's just an intangible team guy. I'm speculating because 
you know, I don't, the Redskins loved him last year, and the Colts, you know, they make him a starter. I, I just don't see it. Uh, you know, he strikes me more as a Jermaine Curse type where you know, he's better in the NFL for making important plays than he is for fantasy at all. Right. Uh, you know, they, I just don't see a candidate there at all. And it makes me like Jack Doyle that much more. I mean, he caught 80 balls last year. He could do that again with, with higher touchdown and yardage numbers this year. So I think it's more of Jack Doyle. You got some Naheem Hines in there. And like you said, maybe they look externally. Is Jack Doyle going to be the number two target getter for the Indianapolis Colts this year? Like undoubtedly. If I look, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Like obviously this playing, team, well, mostly with Jacoby Brissett last year. Right. So obviously this T.Y. Hilton, right? You know, T.Y. Hilton, yeah. I believe, by the way, Scotty, I believe T.Y. Hilton is being underdrafted, you know, because everyone thought about the Andrew Luck issue and blah, 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 you know, and T.Y. Hilton was down. Now that we're seeing Andrew Luck, I don't know why people don't put T.Y. Hilton right back to where he was as of two years ago when he led the NFL in receiving yards. Isn't there a, you know, I mean, couldn't you easily see uh, Scotty T.Y. being right back into like, I don't know, a top uh, eight, nine wide receiver in the league? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, there's, okay. there's an established connection there, et cetera. Right. He's a clear number one, and he's going he's gonna to be gonna be a volume monster. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, and, Andrew, Andrew Luck, look, look, he looked good uh, Thursday night. And, you know, he, he didn't try to, to let loose too much. He just showed that, yeah. you know, he can move the ball efficiently down the field. And you know, T.Y. Hilton's still going to be the number one guy in that sort of sort of uh, offense. The way that they're going to move, high percentage, it seems like. But you know, Jack Doyle is going to have a big year. It's like when I redo my ranks this week, I'm bumping Jack Doyle up. I have fair enough. Fair enough. Last thing I really quickly want to touch on before we hit break, Scotty. I don't know if you saw this, but two members of the Jacksonville Jaguars defense got suspended. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Dante Fowler. It seems like they were, uh, you know, kind of going back and forth with the media or making some public comments on social media. And, you know, Tom Coughlin is not going to stand for that. Do you think this is just a blip on the radar? Does this impact Jacksonville at all? Like, it's just a weak suspension. But, you know, that defense is huge. And kind of could this be a thing with, like, the millennial? Uh, handling the kind of Tom Coughlin justice out there. Does this matter to you? Uh, Fowler and Ramsey suspended for a week down in Jacksonville? It's not news in terms of fantasy or the regular season. It's just a story because, you know, it's a good, it's a, you know, it's an interesting NFL story. Fowler got into a, uh, a brawl in practice. Some reporter filmed it with his, with his phone and right. Ramsey got upset and threatened one of the reporters. Uh, you know, on social media, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to pull Jalen Ramsey out of the lineup. This guy's the next Richard Sherman. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, and I hope so. I just wonder if it's, uh, you know, I hope everything is still uh, copacetic down there in Jacksonville and there's no uh, issues to think through throughout the whole season. Remember, Leonard Fournette had some issues last no year issues. with discipline, stuff like that. All right, when we come back, we'll break down some of the stuff we saw in our weekend games in the NFL. Come on back. Roto X. 
Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Hey, is this a Rico? No. Well, we need to talk about this. I don't know if you know here on Roto Experts in the morning, Scotty. I woke up to Twitter news that uh, unfortunately our queen of R&B, a little Aretha Franklin, is gravely ill and her, her family sent yeah, out a note to everybody saying, you know, uh, that she could use her uh, our prayers and stuff. And uh, so, you know, I, I want to get out there that we all R-E-S-P-E-C-T, Miss Aretha, right? Yeah. Um, Not much yeah, to say, but, you know, I just wanted to throw yeah, it out there. Ain't no, I think ain't nobody does it better is Shaka Khan. Actually. Ah, Shaka Khan. Fair enough. All yeah. right, well, here Shaka on Khan. Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got the spitting statistician. You got the king, El Rey de Fantasia. So many ways to join the show, okay, guys? First of all, I got to tell you already, as you know, get the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. You got to do that, all right? Enter the promo code the king at checkout. I also want to tell you guys, we all the time when we talk about the season win totals, the prop bets, stuff, things of that nature, we are on mybookie.ag. You should be as well. Go on over there and check it out. Enter the promo code FNTSY. You'll get yourself a little bit of an extra uh, deposit bonus as well. But remember, we talk about calling in the show at 844-843-6879. We talk about giving us team name ideas, and we're going to do that a little bit later on in the show. But another way you could do it is by uh, answering a poll. And we got our man Chris Bavona, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery. I'm going to ask for his help and yours as well, Scott. Let's build a poll here. Remember on Thursday or Friday we said one of the things we want to do is find out whose stock has risen the most out of um, you know what we saw over the weekend, right? So I want to build some nominees, put up a poll, and then dissect the last four games here on Roto Experts in the morning. So I got some ideas for you, Scotty. Here are some people who I think maybe their stock may have gone up, and I would need your help in narrowing it down to the four options for the poll. Sound good? Yeah. All right, cool. The first person I want to put in the poll is uh, – David, the Njoku's on you. After two touchdowns in that first game with the Cleveland Browns, one from Baker, one from, uh, you know, obviously T-Mobile, Tyrod Taylor. And also we see that this, you know, this Josh Gordon thing is lingering. We don't know if Dez is going to be there at all. We know about Jarvis Landry there in the passing game, but I don't know that he's much of that red zone, big bodied option. I think Njoku can kind of get some work. What do you think about Njoku? Is his stock on the rise after what we saw last week? Yeah, it's uh, most certainly probably more than anybody in that okay. offense. I think I think so. We're gonna obvious. put him in the poll. By by the way, just you talking about tight ends, somebody yeah. who's not gonna end up on this list, but nobody's talking about, and could be a real sleeper tight end. Oh, you're gonna Jordan talk Higgins. Nick Vanette? Oh, okay. No, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> no, I'm I'm sorry, Jet fan. Uh, you know, <laughs> at the game, I acting like know. they're gonna. Be, Acting like the, like it was the Super Bowl in a preseason game, but uh, you oh know, no no no, um, yeah, Donald Donald and Teddy look good. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah yeah yeah. 
Uh, boy. Uh, any, anyway, uh, J- Jordan Akins of the Houston Texans caught two touchdown passes. This is a guy that they drafted, I believe, in the sixth round and could be a real sleeper because hmm. that team needs a replacement tight end after Steven Anderson retired. Former baseball player uh, with really good hands. No C.J. Fedorowicz there in Houston anymore either, right, Scotty? No. That, that's who I meant retired. I'm sorry. Okay, fair enough. It's all good. So yeah. David and Joker will put in our poll. I got another question for you. I, I was a little – I was impressed, Scotty, but what I saw out of the first-team offense of the Cincinnati Bengals, I feel like I want to put someone from the Bengals in this poll. If I did so, would it be Andy Dalton or would it be Joe Mixon? Because he looked decent. Um, who do you think kind of the good showing for Cincinnati helped most uh, in, the, in the rankings? Probably Mixon. Like I said, one okay. of the beat guys felt like he was going right, to lead the AFC in rushing because the, the the left side of that offensive line has improved so much. But it was a 24-yard catch and run, and we saw some receiving promise out of him last year, although it wasn't consistent. And it was really nice because he made one defender miss, and then he spun around another, mm-hmm. and he was gone after 24 yards. I think it's it's boosting his stock a little over the weekend, weekend drafts. Yeah, I would agree. I I grabbed him in a weekend draft myself. Listen, Joe Mixon, I'm really interested in these second-year running backs and what kind of step they can take. There's so many of them, Scott, between Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. Don't forget about Joe Mixon. I think, uh, remember, the Cincinnati Bengals have also bolstered their offensive line, which is a big-time cause for uh, me to relook at what I believe in the Cincinnati offense. I got another nominee for you, Scott, for this poll. Remember, we're building a poll here to put up on RotoX and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, whose stock rose the most out of preseason week one. We've got David Njoku. We've got Joe Mixon. I got another guy, uh, Scotty, and it's a guy who's one of my favorite nicknames that I use all the time, and it is Stefan. Can you dig it? I don't know if you saw this Minnesota-Denver game, Scott, but it was clear to me that... It was clear to me that Kirk Cousins loves him some Stefan Diggs, fitting it to him on the goal line, looking his way a lot. And we know about Stefan Diggs and his ability, his catch rate, that sort of thing. I didn't know. I Honestly, I don't even know if Adam Thielen dressed. I couldn't find him on the field. But what I did see was Cousins to Diggs a lot. I'm wondering if Diggs is going to be the wide receiver one for these Minnesota Vikings. Everyone's thinking about Thielen. I'm wondering if Diggs is actually the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver to own. Do you think Diggs improved his stock with Kirk Cousins seeing some early rapport in that first game? I don't think so because I think people no? like Stefan Diggs regardless. Hmm. Uh, and you know, it may be a little bit, but not enough to make the final list. Uh, okay. Beautiful pass downfield to set up the score on a yeah. slant, on a, on, a, on a quick slant pattern. You know, there was some talk, uh, some reports out there circulating that Kirk Cousins was having, uh, you know, there was some things he wanted to prove in the offense, and people took it as negative, and then Cousins came out and played really well. Uh, You know, but I think his stock took a minor tick upwards as well. But, look, the thing with Stephon Diggs is why he doesn't get up the board is because the guy gets hurt a lot, and that hasn't changed. We know what we get from Stephon Diggs when he's in there. It's about the fact that he doesn't play a full season. Yeah, absolutely. But when he's there and when he is healthy, he does have the ability to electrify. Remember the Minneapolis miracle in the playoffs as well. Yeah. Scotty, if, 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 if he's healthy, right? Let's say I tell you right now that he plays 15 games this year. He's a, he's a real strong wide receiver too, right? He'd be a great wide receiver too, right? 
he could be a wide receiver one. Okay. But also, so. let's not, not not forget about Alan Thielen because sure. with all the attention that Diggs is going to mm-hmm. d- going to draw, you know, that'll say, okay, well, you know, that they're going to try to blanket him. You know, we'll just throw yeah. to Thielen. So Thielen's going to have his games. We can't overreact sure. to one game and say, you know, he's just going to have tunnel vision for Diggs. Thielen is going to be a factor. Do you think the Vikings combo right there of Thielen and Diggs is the best combo in the NFL? The best combo in the NFL. Hmm. Knee-jerk reaction, I would think about maybe Demarius I don't, Thomas, I don't Manny have any Sanders. No, maybe Josh Gordon and Jarvis good. Landry if, they were, if Gordon was there. Gotta, but they haven't established it yet. There's a possibility for Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster sure. to kind of wear that crown. But I'd rather have Diggs than Schuster if you think about that. But then again, I'd rather have Brown yeah, right. than either number one. Right. That, that, that's why it's very, very close. I, I got to think about that one for a minute. Uh, okay. But Demarius Thomas is past his prime even though hmm. I think – I think he can have a good year, but you, I, I think you're probably right there. There's nobody coming off the, my mind like that saying, okay, I'll take both of those guys in the right. top 15. Right, that's what I'm saying, right? Because you have both of Thielen and Diggs, like you said, in the top 15. You mentioned Juju. For most people, he's outside of that. That's why I thought about Gordon but and But he could Landry. be top 20. You're talking, right. you're talking uh, maybe, maybe 10 and 12 right. and against 1 and, 1 and 20. Right. Maybe a Gordon and a Landry if they were both there. Uh, you don't know how they're going to adjust to the offense right, yet. Right, right, right. Gordon's so. obviously a risk, so you know that's that's an interesting that's interesting as well. Yeah, but you know, hey, and I mean, there's other ways you could try to talk about it, right? Because to be quite honest, in Pittsburgh, is the answer Brown and Smith Schuster, or what if I just said Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> you know, and that be uh, kind of a good tandem as well. But I digress. Let's try and find another name for is, this. Is poll. there a, is there a bigger three than what you have in Los Angeles? With no, with, I would uh, I would top, agree with that. Top Cooks and Woods. No, I would agree with that. If you open it up to have three, then, yeah, I would, I, would, I would be down with that. Unless the only competition I would say is, like, if you can also start to include a tight end as one of your pass catchers, then I think there might be other options. But I digress. Hey, Scotty, we're trying to build this poll. We got well, David then, and Joe. Then, 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 got- then, then you pick, put Minnesota first because of Kyle Rudolph. Sure. Cousins already, already says it's like thrown into a big mattress. In the blanket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so we got David Njoku. We got Joe Mixon. Let me submit one more name to you here for consideration, Scotty. And this is more of a kind of like not necessarily because uh, of what we saw performance-wise, but just the fact that he's on the field. What about Andrew Luck? I mean, his stock is rising. Yeah, definitely. Right? Because he's, he's, gone, he's gone from People somebody are, he's proving. ranked out to the top 12. Check out Frank Stamfels, uh, you know, Frank the Tank. For the best friends forever, his new rankings on RotoExperts.com, uh, part of the exclusive Edge Fantasy football package, enter the king for a discount. He is Andrew Luck at number five at quarterback. Listen, I mean, he's been a top three quarterback before. It's this kind of recency bias. Scott, you know what I mean? You know, people forget it's, about it's, Andrew it's, Luck for the new shiny injury. toy. It's injuries being skittish about injuries. That's what it is. Right. But if he demonstrates that he's back, he will represent a tremendous value. So I see David Njoku, Joe Mixon, Andrew Luck. Uh, You don't necessarily want to include Stefan Diggs. What about a guy like Michael Gallup or one of these uh, Dallas wideouts? Oh, I I like Michael Gallup. I think he certainly, uh, you know, improved his stock, you know, with a long touchdown catch. From uh, Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think he's got a shot to make that list. Although, depth chart wise, he hasn't officially cracked the. We don't know, team, yeah, but uh, I think he will. 
All right, so here's what I want to do. Down here, uh, Chris Bavona, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to him. I think our poll question is going to be this. Um, the Roto experts want to know who has improved their hashtag fantasy football stock after hashtag NFL preseason week one. The way I would want to do it, Scott, let me know, because there's going to be so many other people who have, like, ideas, right? So how about we put David Njoku, Joe Mixon, Andrew Luck, and then other as the fourth option and let people write in votes and give us other ideas as the show goes along. We could also maybe put in, you know, a Gallup or one other name, but I think it might be interesting to let people other have some write-in votes for us to discuss as the show goes along. So, Bavona, how about we get that up? We'll put Ninjoku, Mixon, Luck, and then you can put other so we can see some other options as well. But, Scotty, let's talk about these games, okay? There were some games Friday and Saturday, and let's start. As you know, we had a little bit of a fantasy outing. Me, uh, the King Scott Angle, our guy Danny Otto from Poppin' Off. We checked out the game. Shout out um, to everybody there who took good care of us. Um... Listen, Scott, I mean, yeah, I'm a Jets fan, but you have to admit, objectively, both Ted Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, they look good in their Jets debuts. Yeah, you know, I was more impressed by Darnold than I was with Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater's being back to the guy that he was. He's a little bit more than a game manager. You know, he does a good job of taking what the defense gives him. He had a little bit of... A little bit of mobility. Chris decision-making, but, you know, he's not going to take the top off a of defense very often. You know, if the Jets want to trade Teddy Bridgewater to another team, uh, I think maybe you can be comfortable after what you saw Saturday that he could mm-hmm. start for another team. You know, he's he's probably not a top-20 quarterback, but I'd say he's, he's a top-25 quarterback right now. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold, you know, like I've been saying all along, you know, he adds a spark to a team that plays with spark, I think. You know, they don't have as much talent as some of the other teams that they go up against, you know, but they, they play like they have nothing to lose, and I think Sam Darnold plays like that. Chris' decision-making really, uh, you know, went through his progressions very quickly, knew when to take off and run, very impressed by Sam Darnold. You know, this team, I don't think this team needs Josh McCown as a starter. It really doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You know, Josh McCown is playing that kind of, you know, uh, bridge quarterback, kind of the the veteran to take Darnold under his wing, you know, that kind of thing, and really uh, support him off the field. I'm, you know, Darnold looks great. I thought Donald showed mobility in the pocket. Donald showed poise, decision-making, all that good stuff. But at the same time, in redraft leagues, he's not really someone to consider. I know, Scotty, that in dynasty leagues, we've said because of the tremendous potential and upside of Lamar Jackson that he would still be kind of in dynasty formats. Um the first quarter rookie quarterback you, you consider. But I got to say, I like Darnold over, say, Rosen or even Baker Mayfield right now. I think, I think Darnold has a shot to really be, um, you know, kind of a, a top-end quarterback in this league over time. Not right now, but over time. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you like him better than the other quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, you know, but the, some of those other guys look good too. You know, looking at just him by himself, I was I was impressed with what I saw. I right. think it was more consistent than some of the other guys uh, that 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 you saw debuted. Yeah, uh, you know, like like Josh Rose. But they look, 
the bridge quarterback, I think, is mostly a thing of the past. That you, if the rookie's ready, he's going right. to get in there at some point. You know, they, I think Ben Roth, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, change that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like I, I was, I saw some of the Cardinals game on Saturday, and Ron Wolfley, who's like their color guy and a former fullback, like got so excited about one of the throws that Josh Rosen made while the guy game was winding up. He's like, you know, that's a spicy beef jerky out there. I love how it tastes. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it, all the excitement that these rookie quarterbacks generate. Yeah. You know, it's it's intangible too, not only for the sure. the crowd but for the team. And I think a lot of these rookies will get will get a chance to start. The bridge quarterbacks are only there if the rookies collapse. If they look like a right. look like a Paxton Lynch, their insurance yeah. in case the rookies don't work out. And believe me, Paxton Lynch looked horrible Saturday. Yeah, I saw that as well. And I think, you know, Scotty, you mentioned this. The other factor that I think is really, really important is the financial considerations, you know. Teams realize that if they get us a quarterback who can, in fact, lead their team when they're still on their rookie deal kind of thing, it allows them it allows them in many cases to, uh, you know, spend their money elsewhere on the team. And that is then the open window for a championship. So let's keep it moving. There's another game that I want to break down from, uh, you know, from Friday night. It was the Detroit Lions and the Oakland Raiders. Scotty. Carry on Johnson look good. Why is it that when we talk about these rookie running backs, you know, we talk about Barkley, we talk about Freeman, we were talking about Geis and Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, we talk Nick Chubb, we talk these Indianapolis guys. It seems like we don't talk as much about Carry on Johnson. I understand it's a muddled picture in there with Theo Riddick and passing downs, Garrett Blunt as a goal linebacker. You mentioned even Amir Abdullah there uh, still, although, the, you know, that might get thinned out over time. But Carry on Johnson seems to be flying under the radar in terms of these rookies and he looked pretty good Scotty what's up uh what do you think happens here in Detroit well if you listen to the fantasy football friends he uh you know Corey Parson loves carry on Johnson it's just, interesting I think that I think people are perceiving maybe he doesn't have much of an opportunity as the other guys because like Eric Blunt is there and Theo Riddick is there and uh, that that's probably it. But you know, he looked really good. You know, they flared him out on one screen. You know, watching watching him. You know, one thing that concerns me, he runs very high. You know, he's got really good vision and really yep. good balance and nice footwork, but he runs very high. You know, he's got to run behind his pads more because, you know, he'll gain more extra yardage after contact that way, and he'll also expose himself less to an injury. Yeah, but but definitely still a name to consider in these rookie in in rookie drafts or later on in the league. We've talked about it, Scott. Uh, do you still believe after seeing them in action that Riddick will lead the team in catches, Blunt will lead the team in touchdowns, but Johnson will lead the team in rushing yards? Do you still think that kind of committee split happens in Detroit? I'm wondering if Theo Riddick's going to fade, if they're going to keep throwing the ball to uh, Karrion Johnson out of the backfield. So maybe a little cause for pause for Theo Riddick. You know, and Theo Riddick is a guy, remember, he had both wrists, I think, uh, a couple years ago. You know, he's been banged up over time as well. Remember, these slight, small PPR kind of backs, they can't handle the pounding as much. But you think maybe Karrion Johnson, this could be a kind of Karrion Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt, almost maybe a more of a timeshare than a committee, Scott? Yeah, it could be could be something where, you know, you see like uh, Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray. Kind right. Of thing and, and then maybe uh, Theo Riddick sprinkled in just a little bit here and there. He's been two minute drill kind of stuff, you know, since that big year in 2015 anyway. 
Interesting. So even more reason to potentially keep an eye on Kerryon Johnson as a back-to-own out of Detroit. Hey, Scotty, in that game, I look at the other side. I also look at the running back. I know a touchdown got called back by penalty, but Marshawn Lynch had some burst. Scotty, Marshawn Lynch had some burst, goes down the sideline, runs away from people. Listen, I mean, especially in, say, like standard formats or touchdown formats, Marshawn Lynch, at least, you could depend on. He's going to get eight touchdowns this year on the ground. I believe Marshawn Lynch is a legitimate back-end RB, too, with enough gas left in the tank for that. What do you think about this and what you saw in Oakland, Scotty? More of an RB3. I don't think there's really? going to be enough consistent yardage there. He's going to have some good games, but he's going to have some down ones and touchdowns. Will be consistent. More of an RB3 to me than an RB2. I'd be I'd be comfortable as I think Doug Martin is you know he's he's still there. Uh, I don't think he played Saturday night, but uh, Lynch had a 57 yard run that was called back. Called look, back, oh, yeah. Look, Marshawn Marshawn Lynch is is not done. He's you know, he's he's not a superstar back anymore, but he's certainly not done. I found it interesting. You know, I was a fan of his dad. Uh, Chris Warren Jr. played really well on Saturday night. Oh, okay. Somebody might make 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 the team and, and uh, name to remember if injuries strike. Okay, fair enough. And I'm looking at the Kings rankings right here. Remember, you can get the Kings rankings as part of the Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. And Lynch is one of those guys whose ranking differs if you're PPR or in standard. Scotty, in standard leagues, I see that you have him as number 25. So right out of that cusp of being kind of an RB2. But at the same time, I don't know, um, you haven't necessarily, have you updated it uh, based off the guys? injury because um, it's still going to be doing that shortly no right so right now you have Marshawn Lynch's number 25 I can only imagine he'll wind up as number 24 at least uh, so maybe right there as the tail end of an RB2 um, in standard but he drops down for you to number 30 in PPR rankings so you know like you said back end RB2 good kind of flex play potentially for beast mode we'll see how much he has left then on Saturday Scotty we had Vikings Broncos you may Mentioned, I already said I like the chemistry between Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs. They held out a lot of players. You know, Dalvin Cook didn't really play. Not much to see there. On the Denver Broncos side, though, Scotty, listen, did you see the touchdown run from Royce Freeman? He looked good. Just, uh, you know, kind of they were just going to try and go inside. He cuts it outside, runs away from people. Listen, uh, they had a graphic up. I was watching a game, Scotty, kind of like the career rushing yards of all the Denver Broncos. And honestly, you know, Devontae Booker and, you know, um, like Anderson or someone like that. I mean, they don't have much. So I really believe Royce Freeman is primed to be able to take this job with the Broncos. He was running against his second teamers, as was sure. Kerry Johnson. These, rookie, these rookies are coming in the second half of games and, and looking impressive. But look, you right. know, you're supposed to do well against that type of competition when they throw you out there. If you're not doing well against second teamers, you're not going to get a chance to get pushed up the depth chart. So it was a nice draw play, which he made a nice deke and then took off. It was impressive. You know, I saw every carry from the from this guy and you know he's got he's got more pep in his step it seems that Devontae mm -hmm. Booker had two carries for seven yards yeah I agree and I would uh you know in drafts personally I would look a little bit towards Royce Freeman remember the other thing I like 
uh, Scott is when there is a kind of like new regime, a new coaching staff, a new head coach, and they go out and get someone. I always like the guy of the new regime instead of the kind of holdover from the previous brain trust. You know what I mean? Because that's the guy that they were invested in that they selected. Do you buy that kind of when there's new coaches, stuff like that, to worry about the new guys instead of the kind of cast off, not cast offs, but kind of the incumbent and guys that were there previously with the previous regime? Yeah, you know, that's it's, it's certainly valid. I think the one thing that I really worry about with the Broncos is I can't I can't scratch this this this, this feeling that that Case Keenum is going to flop. I I just mm-hmm. you know, Case Keenum was he had a career a year last year. Last year, before that, he was he was a journeyman backup right. quarterback. I'm like, where did this come from? Right. And then I'm I'm looking through the NFL top 100 Last night, and I think he's top five, top yeah, top crazy. twenty-five for last year. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, I just can't believe that there's some nagging feeling about me as good as he played last mm-hmm. year over his head. You know, it's just like I can't shake the feeling that Case Keenum, like they signed him all this money, and all of a sudden he's, you know, they're so excited about it. He didn't play well Saturday, and like I feel like that's really the Case Keenum I saw with the Rams, and like the one I'm more used to. I can't, I can't buy the one year yet. Yeah, I actually agree with you. He played well over his head and parlayed that into a contract. Listen, I think he'll give the Denver Broncos better quarterback play than Trevor Simeon, and he is in a similar situation where he has a good defense with him, some established veteran, uh, some established wide receivers. But I also agree there is a chance there that Case Keenum winds up being a fugazi and something you need to forget about. It was a revenge game for Simeon on Saturday, and he played well. He played well. A lot of – yeah, there were a lot of uh, yeah. kind of guys like that back and forth. Um, we got to take a break here as hour number one is coming to a close. But I do want to let you guys know, listen, check this out. DailyRoto.com is putting in more than $25,000 on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. You have a chance to win big this year alongside SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein, who is one of the only men to have won two separate million-dollar prizes each week. We'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us, split 50% of the profits. No profit that week? No worries. Your name will get tossed back into the hat the following week. So go on over to DailyRoto.com slash sweat and learn how you could get on the action as your share of $25,000 is in action. That's right. Go on over to dailyroto.com slash sweat. Hour number one in the books. When we come back here on Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Scott and I are going to break down some of the content in the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. We're going to talk about the Kings NFC players to watch. And Scott, I am about to change one of our division winner picks that we made. I'm, I'm updating it. I got a little bit of time to do so, and I'll explain why when we come back on the other side. Dane and Scott off and running. Roto experts in the morning on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network you're listening to the fantasy sports radio network you are now tuned in to the roto experts welcome back Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. El Rey de Fantasia and the Spitting Statistician getting you ready for hour number two as we take we took a look back 
uh, week one of the preseason and some of the implications, you know, whose stock is up, who you need to figure out is the next man up, as apparently football is a violent game. If you want to join the fun, so many ways to do so. You can give us a call at 844-843-6879. You could also answer our poll question we got up. And you could always follow us at Spittin' Speeds and at Scotty Roto X. Real quick, Scotty, at the top of the hour, let's recap the biggest things that we take away from week one of the preseason. And the number one story has to be about the season-ending injury to Washington running back Darius Geis. We talked about this. He tore his ACL. We talked about what this means, and we think that it's not necessarily necessarily going to be Chris Thompson, but you got to get it right between Samaji Pirine and Rob Kelly, as who will probably be the early down uh, worker there for Washington, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of people saying, oh, Chris Thompson moves up my board. No, he doesn't. He has a certain role on that team as a pass-catching back. Only carried the ball in double figures once last year when they were dealing with injuries. It's uh, is either going to be Rob Kelly or Samaja Pirine, or the two of them could be sharing work. Yeah, and that makes it a, co- a committee and something you pretty much want to avoid. Also... Some people got banged up in San Francisco in their game and over the weekend. Yeah, everybody from George Kittle with a shoulder. Matt Breida also a shoulder. Seems like they're going to miss some time, maybe ready by the start of the regular season. And then also we heard that uh, yesterday's practice, Jarek McKinnon suffered a little bit of an injury, went for an MRI. They're calling it just a calf strain now. But this is the time of year where you want everybody in the best shape of their life, Scotty. The fact that these 49ers, who there's a lot of buzz around, have three injuries already to starters or in the case of Breida, someone who people expect will see the playing field a lot, can't be a good sign out there in San Francisco. Yeah, but, you know, none of these injuries are going to last to the regular season. So, But still, you've got to worry about Jarek McKinnon. You know, like Dan Graziano of ESPN says, and Dan, Dan is a great guy. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, I've spent some time Is he a great guy or a good up. guy, Scott? Is he great or good? Uh, he's he's both. He's both. Okay. And right. uh, he really he's an NFL insider who really cares about fa- what fantasy players think and what they're looking for, which is why I like Dan so much. And, you know, he was the one, one reported, you know, if you're expecting McKinnon to be a workhorse, you're wrong. You know, and I was even saying right. it before Dan. You know, this we guy did. goes 5'9", 205, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Matt Breed is going to be a factor there. If they're both there for the regular season, you know, Jarek McKinnon, you know, has bust written all over him, I think. Yeah, I mean, I made the analogy, and I think you said you bought it a little bit. Uh, I made the analogy to Lamar Miller, someone who had that kind of role with another team when he was with Miami and looked good, and then he was signed by another team to kind of be that dude and won't necessarily flourish with that opportunity because he's, you know, kind of not that – he's not built for it necessarily, right? Do you think it's a fair uh, analogy to Lamar Miller and what he did moving from Miami where in short doses he impressed everybody, but then when the Houston Texans, you know, signed him, paid him money to be their lead dog, he hasn't really impressed with that opportunity over the course of years. I'm fearful that it could be a similar narrative for Jarek McKinnon. It could. It could, okay. uh, you, you know, but Lamar Miller turned it just to pedestrian running back there. And exactly. I still think when Deontay Foreman comes back, you know, yep. he's, he's a power runner with, with, with speed and explosiveness that he can yep. push Lamar Miller out of a starting job. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. And then remember, guys, we got a poll question up right now. We're asking you whose fantasy stock has risen the most after the first week of the preseason. We have David and Joku, the tight end out of Cleveland, Joe Mixon from Cincy, Andrew Luck uh, from just being on the field and looking healthy, and then other want to see who you have to say. Right now, Andrew Luck is running away with this at 58% of the vote. Seeing him healthy there has to be a big boost to Colts fans and fantasy owners. Owners, I mentioned about the improvement that, you know, T.Y. Hilton also has to start moving up draft boards. Real interesting points out here. We got uh, Steve G also saying on Twitter saying, Njoku's stock is up, but for the fans who listen, they know it won't stay up. That is camp. He's not doing so great at camp. And then, you know, also you got to think about with Jarvis Landry. Josh Gordon, Callaway, who is still there and looked decent, the three-headed monster at running back, including Duke, who's a PPR kind of guy. All of a sudden, there's a lot of mouths there to feed in Cleveland. So maybe you want to not go so crazy with David and Joku, right, Scotty? Look, I think his 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 he gets boosted up the board regardless. Mm-hmm. But you know, even though he has a good camp, you know, part of Part of camp is catching two touchdown passes, so I think the camp narrative just changed, okay? Uh, But look, I understand where Steve is coming from. He's a longtime listener. He knows what he's talking about. Sure. But, you know, at at the same time, this is a position where you don't have to be terribly consistent, you know, to be a top ten guy either. So... Uh, you know, right. look, he's not going to be he's not going to be in the conversation, you know, with guys like Gronk and Kelsey, you know, but he might fit in, you know, just after a Delaney Walker uh, sort of type, you know, maybe right around in te- at at 10 or something like that. You taking Njoku or Trey Burton, Scott? <sighs> That's a tough one. That's I why I asked it. The, I might take Njoku. Interesting. Interesting. But it's kind of, you know what I think is similar and why I threw that out there? Because people on both teams may not realize that all of a sudden there's a lot of mouths to feed in this on both of these offenses. You know, all of a sudden in Cleveland, you got these wideouts, you have a three-headed monster, you talk about the tight end. In Chicago, you know about Howard and Cohen, but all of a sudden there's Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, you know, people like Anthony Miller as well. Like all of a sudden these are offenses that have kind of been, uh, you know, on the uh, simple side or on the non-dynamic side, shall we say. And all of a sudden, there's options for those two offenses. I think it is pretty interesting. Here's what I'll say. Scott, we got this poll question up, right? And Andrew Luck is running away with it with about 60% of the vote. And I got to tell you, Scott, I teased it at the first hour. I am officially changing one of my picks. We did the division by division picks. Uh, I think it was last week, Scotty. And we agreed on seven of the eight divisions. The only division we did not agree on for the division winner was the NFC South. You were on the Saints, and I was taking a flyer on the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm changing one of my picks, Scott, and I believe that I have the right to do that until the NFL kicks off with the uh, Falcons and the Eagles, right? Um, on that Thursday night if, football. If you want to wa- waffle, go right ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, yeah. We can make our official ones right up until then. But remember, uh, these, a lot is. of times... We're going we're to we're waffle for a while. Okay. No, Scott, right. you say this all the time. You say that when, you know, sometimes people want answers and there just aren't answers yet. We got to see it play out. And we, got, we talk about the tea leaves that we're reading. And I am going to read some of these tea leaves and I am going to change my AFC South. I'm all in with, Indi- with Indianapolis and 
Andrew Luck. I believe that Andrew Luck is back. I believe that they've addressed their offensive line. Remember, they picked that guard, Quentin Nelson, at the top of the draft to try to keep him healthy. You and I both like these rookie running backs like Wilkins and Hines. I believe Malik Hooker comes back. And also, the other reason for this, Scott... Is I when I you know my pick was the Houston Texans and I you know we talk about the Texans, but one thing that I I think I want to put a little bit more weight to is these Texans have one of the worst offensive lines in all of football you know and I'm a little bit worried about Deshaun Watson behind that offensive line I'm a little bit worried about Lamar Miller who as you mentioned has not we just said it in the last kind of segment has not shown has not impressed with that workload you know Deontay Foreman is not there I feel like this is just going to be Deshaun Watson and and uh Nuke Hopkins kind of trying to stretch this offense across the line don't get me wrong I like the defense with J.J. Watt and stuff like that I believe that they'll still be a quality team but I'm going to change officially, and I don't buy Jacksonville. I think that they're prime for regression as well. I'm going to officially change my pick in the AFC South over to the Indianapolis Colts. And the one last thing I'm going to say about this, Scotty, when I went on over to mybookie.ag, I find value here. Okay, The Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars are co-favorites to win this division at plus 150. Then there's Tennessee at plus 300. You got to like, you know, LaFleur coming in, some of that stuff. But with Tennessee, they got four of their wins last year, beating uh, Jacoby Brissett and Tom Savage. It's a little bit different this year in that division. But Indianapolis at plus 380 are the long shots to win that division. So I'm going to try and win a little bit of extra cash. I'm going to go off the radar. Give me the Colts in the AFC South. You're still riding with Houston in that offensive line, though, Scotty? I'm probably riding with Jacksonville. I think. Interesting. I think with with all respect, you're not a reactionary kind of guy. But if somebody else was to say this, I say this is overreactionary to one position. Look, Andrew Luck's a very good quarterback, but that team is not as complete as Jacksonville or even Houston. They don't have the. They they have a revamp offensive line that's not that good. We don't know who's playing running back. They have one established receiver. They do have Jack Doyle. That defensive front seven is a big problem. They, I, don't, I don't see Indianapolis defensively. That, that's a big shortcoming for me to contend in division. Jacksonville is so much better on offense, on defense. If Houston, if J.J. Watt and Clowney stay healthy, and it's an if, they are so much better. Those two teams are better on both sides of the ball. Yes, you make a point about the offensive line, but Deshaun Watson is very mobile, and you know, when you when you go to Jacksonville, yeah, I do worry a little bit about, you know, they don't lack they lack a number one wide receiver, but they play throwback football. You know, they're they're about pounding the ball. They added Andrew Norwell, who is mm-hmm. one of the best guards in all of football for mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette to run behind. They're gonna pound you into the ground and kill you defensively. I don't think just based on Andrew Luck alone that Indianapolis is gonna finish ahead of Jacksonville or a healthy Houston team. Fair enough. I mean, I would say that before the injury, it's not like the Colts had a good defense anyway, and Andrew Luck carried them to 11-5 and five records left and right, including the AFC Championship game they are, one that year. That is a and bad front seven. A yeah, bad it, was a, seven. it was a bad defense before as I think well. It's wor- I think it's worse now. I think it's worse enough. now. And the only one other thing I'll say about— The secondary um, ain't that good either. The only thing I'll say about Jacksonville— 
Um, and their def- their defense is there, yes. But they also uh, they had something. They were something like plus sixteen in turnover ratio last yeah. year. I don't know that those are sustainable. You know how we talk about variance in defenses yeah. and some of those stats. That's something that gives me a little bit of cause for pause as well. And they had a bunch of like pick sixes last year. I don't know if they can count on that. But Scotty, real quick, before we can have we can finish this they conversation. Fifty five sacks. You can count on that. Fair enough, but one of the things we have yeah. is we have Kenny and Philly on the line, okay? He's uh, calling us at 844-843-6879. He's here on Roto Experts in the morning. Hey, Kenny, what's going on? How was your weekend, brother man? My weekend was great. I spent the weekend down what's Virginia up? Beach. I spent the weekend down Virginia Beach uh, with my lady's birthday, so we went down there. That's I was nice. on the beach. I'm not really get used to that life, but I had to call sure. in. Hey, D- Dane... What's up? Uh, what, did, what did you do this weekend, man? Because what did I do this weekend? Yeah, what did you do this weekend, man? I went to the Jets game on Friday. I had some expert drafts on Saturday. Then on Sunday, you know, just hang around, keeping it low. Well, what's up? Uh, uh, man, this whole, this whole coach thing might win yeah. the, uh, the South, man. I think you're, you're not speaking from an NFL. You're trying to get a good bet in. That's what you're trying to do because... They are plus 380. <laughs> they are plus 380. <laughs> They are past 380, and I've seen Andrew Luck carry them to the playoffs before, brother man. I've seen them carry them to the playoffs before. I'm telling you, they finally got a new GM. They finally addressed the offensive line, and I believe, listen, with Houston and that offense, everyone loves Deshaun Watson. We saw him for six games last year, and go and check the Houston Texans' win-loss record when Deshaun Watson was throwing touchdowns left and right to Will Fuller twice a game. Everyone thought how great Deshaun Watson was in those six games the Houston Texans they went three and three in those six games okay so we'll yeah, see but there was, there was about no the meteor there was no there was no to JV on Clowney and when the Colts there was Clowney the was there when the, when the, when the Colts would what would you would you lose JJ Watt that's a big thing and when the Colts have been winning the division you're talking about a few years ago that's when Houston and Jacksonville were also ran those teams are much better yeah. now yeah. two three years and guess later. what and Jacksonville beat Chicago Kobe Brissett and Tom Savage for four of their wins last year. That's going to be a lot good different teams, this year as good well. Good teams, winning teams beat who they're supposed to be. That's right. how you become but a those winning, are going to be much team. tougher division games this year. Much tougher. And it's going to be if much tougher for Andrew Luck this year than it was two years ago when right. the other two teams that he's facing are better than his. We'll see, but here's the same thing. Here's what I'll also say. What Ve- Vegas doesn't think I'm that crazy. Look at the season win total for every team in this division, and they're all between 7.5 and 8.5. And and Everyone thinks this division is going to be very close, and in that situation, I'll take Andrew Luck over Blake Bortles. Yeah, well, I'll take the more complete team over the quarterback. And you think the more complete team is you're riding with Jacksonville? Because you also, Scotty, when we did this last time, you were taking the Houston Texans. Now you are also changing your pick. Is that correct? Yeah, I am. Okay, Waffling. so there you go. You said we're allowed right. to waffle. Okay, yeah. no, I'm just making sure. What's yeah. going on, Kenny? How you feeling? You're, uh, clearly, you're not with me on India, and that's okay because I love the fact that I hope you still call in in December and we can still talk about this. Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm a little expert for life, so I'm always going to call in here. No and, doubt. And, no and, doubt. I mean, actually, uh, we haven't seen Clowney and uh, Watt together yet. So, I mean, and Merciless there, too. So, I'm not necessarily picking that. I, I believe all four of these teams are going to beat up on each other, but 
At best, I would say the Colts will finish third in the division. So, I don't, uh, we'll see. I don't, Jacksonville I don't, I don't has the best them. defensive line in all of football, and Houston <laughs> may have the best linebacking crew in all of football. I'm going to say this right now. If J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson stay healthy, it would not surprise me if the Houston Texans represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. Yet you're not picking them to win the division, Scott. No, but they could do it from a wild card spot. Okay, so like, oh, you think they're yeah. so great, but you're not even picking them to win the division. Because Jacksonville's going to be so good, though. It's right, doing it. fair it's enough. Doing, the, the, you guys I are riding with gonna, Blake Bortles and the worst offensive line in football. You're, 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 you're riding with one of the worst defenses in the AFC. Yeah, I'd rather do that with, with an, a Pro Bowl quarterback than my chance would end with Blake Bortles. Um, and we'll see. You're not going to win offense. playoff games, you know, f- being 50 to 45. Uh, they did so. Games they did so. They beat, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in that exact situation three uh, years ago. Know, three right. years ago when Houston and Jacksonville were not good. Right, and at the same time, yeah. and at the same exact time, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, like I said, faced Tom Savage and Jacoby Brissett um, they in that division. They also went to the AFC Championship last right. year. Right, and four of their wins are going to be very, very different than, uh, this year than it was last year. And the Colts is going to be very, very different for them in that division than it was three years ago. We shall Andrew see. Andrew Luck That's has never faced this Jackson, Jacksonville defense. Never. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of yeah. seeing how the games shall be played. You are also changing off the Houston Texans, it sounds like. So you are now taking the Jacksonville Jaguars as your AFC South winner. Is that correct? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not sure which team is going to win that division between Houston and Jacksonville. But okay. you know what? I'm 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 gonna you know it's like and I'm waff- I'm officially waffling here. It's like I think Jacksonville's gonna win the win the division, but I think Houston can make a deeper playoff run because they have a better quarterback. Okay, I mean, you know, you said it yourself. It sounds a little fishy there, but that's okay. Let's make sure we agree on these other ones. I'll, I'll t- tell you what. I'll definitely take both of them over the Colts. Oh, fair enough. That's fine. Do we yeah. still have Kenny in Philly? Let's find out if he has anything left here or uh, before we go into these division. All right, but Kenny, feel free to call on back any, any time. Let's just make sure we have this, Scott, because I just want to make sure, you know, I have it down here in our, in our you know, spreadsheet so that we can make sure here. We agree on the Pats in the AFC East, correct? Yes. We've just talked about the AFC South, so we know where that's going. We agree on the Steelers, correct, in the North? Yeah. You know what? Everybody, we, people are still forgetting about the Steelers when they're talking about the AFC. Just cause they never, me. They never beat. They never beat New England. Mm-hmm. Not me. I, I, have them, uh, I have them all the way in the AFC Championship game, but that's another story. We agree on the Chargers in the West. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, NFC, we agree on Philly in the East? Yeah. We agree on Minnesota in the North? Yeah, you were making a case for Green Bay, I remember. No, no, I want Minnesota. I was saying people have that in Vegas, you know, with the season win totals, but I have Minnesota. I have Minnesota all the way in the NFC Championship game, so I have Minnesota yeah. winning that division. And yeah. we agree on the Rams out west. Yeah. At Did this we talk point. About the South? Uh, we, we disagree on the South. You have the Saints, I have Carolina. Yeah, you know what it is with the Houston-Jacksonville thing, though? It is? What's up? Why I, have to, why I have to pick Jacksonville? It all depends on the health of J.J. Watt and Clowney, and I can't and bank Watson. on that. My, 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 uh, 
my thing is, is that if everybody stays healthy, that can, right. team can make a very dip, deep playoff run. I don't have sure. those ifs, you know, over there, over there in Jacksonville. That's why I got to pick them. That's why it's a tiebreaker. Blake Bortles isn't an if. Houston, I think Houston has more of upside overall, and if everybody stays healthy, they could they could have they could have maybe even a deeper playoff run. Fair enough. So, Scotty, let's say this. You've given me your AFC division winners. It seems like you have Houston as a wild card, right? And a wild card with potential, right. let's say. Um, yes. Give me a sixth AFC team. You got your division winners. You got your Texans as a wild card. Who do you have as another wild card? Let's Somebody see. in the West. Uh, another. Do you want to put my Colts in there as a wild card team? Somebody in the West. Yeah. I, I, you want to take I, a I chance the on the Cleveland I, Browns? Not quite. Okay, who do you like second in the West? Maybe a Kansas City, a Denver? Because it sounds like, like, Scott. I don't like Kansas City's defense. Okay, it sounds like like you're talking about, you know, like maybe the Colts, maybe the Browns, maybe the Chiefs, maybe the Broncos. It sounds like those are the teams you're considering for that second wild card spot. Maybe the the Titans. I think the Colts can grab the wild card. Uh, Okay. All right, let's hold on. Let me go by division here. Uh, Go ahead. You know, I don't. I, I think the Jets are just going to miss the playoffs. I think sure, the you see them at six, Bills seven. Right. Don't have a shot. Okay. Right. Cleveland's going to contend for a playoff spot. I think. Okay. Uh, Baltimore, I think, is out. And Cincy. then uh, Cincinnati's got a shot. I think. You know what? Okay. I think it might be Cincinnati and Indianapolis. So who do you want to? For now, and you know, we we've said you have the ability to waffle until Labor Day. You got Houston as wild card one. Do you want to go Colts or Bengals as wild card two? I'm going to say the Bengals. All right. For now, you do have the ability to change. I'm Pats, Colts, Steelers, Jags. I'm going to put the – I'm going to put uh, – uh, excuse me. Pats, Colts, Steelers, Chargers. I'm going to put the Jags in there as a wild card. And uh, I'm going to go Houston. I'm going to say that the AFC South goes from being a, um, a laughing stock from a few years ago to getting three teams yeah. in the playoffs. I think the West is interesting, but I can see Kansas City and Denver both right around 8-8. Eight and eight. And I can see some of these guys around nine and seven. Let's go to the NFC. NFC. What, what do you think? It, what do you What's think? Up? What do you think is better, the NFC South or the AFC South? I think the NFC South is slightly better. I think the AFC South, like they'll all be between seven and nine. I think the excuse me, the AFC South. I think in the NFC South, you know, I think you're going to have some really good quality teams. I think the division winner though will be at ten, and I think Tampa Bay is kind of a. More of a lowly team, shall Tennessee's I say? Tennessee's better than Tampa Bay. Yes, but, but I think the division have, winner in the NFC South is better than the division winner in the AFC South. Interesting. Kind of like how we were talking uh, about, yeah. you know, we were talking about just now Antonio Brown and Juju versus like Figs and D, uh, uh, yeah. Digs and Phelan. I think it's a similar yeah. thing, right? Whereas in the NFC South, I think like your champion is the Antonio Brown. I think your AFC South is your Digs and Phelan. And then I think Tampa Bay, though, is in this analogy, the Juju Smith-Schuster, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's a good. Uh, well, so like overall, I think it's very similar. Real quick, let's go. Let's do the NFC, Scott. We agree on Philly. We agree on Minnesota. We agree on the Rams. You have the Saints. I have the Panthers. I have as my wild card teams in the NFC, I have Green Bay because I have Minnesota winning that division. And then I have the Saints because I don't have them picking winning the division, okay? You, it sounds like, have Philly, New Orleans, Minnesota, and the Rams. 
What about two other teams? Uh, another one from the South. You want to put your Seahawks in there? Is it the Packers? Do you think a team like the Giants pop up in the East? Who would be your wild cards? Uh, Subject to change East, until Labor Day. In the East, I think I have to consider the Giants. I think Eli Manning's going to have a rebound with Barkley there. I wouldn't consider the other two. I don't okay. think you can you can leave out an Aaron Rodgers team, and right. I really I really like Detroit to be more complete this year. Hmm. So I think uh, the NFC is going to be tough. I it think. is tough. It's hard. It's hard to leave out Carolina or Atlanta, right? Uh, but it sounds like you have Green Bay in there for sure, right? Um, and so we're talking about what Carolina, Atlanta, the Giants, Green Bay's the Seahawks. Defense worries me. Oh, okay, so maybe Green not Green Bay. It, it it worries me. Yeah, uh, I think Detroit with a running game and physical. I'm going to say the Lions get one of the wild cards. Nice. And the Panthers' defense kind of concerns me. So I'm going to say the the it comes down to the Falcons or the Packers. And I yep. think the Falcons are a more complete team. And look, I just can't look at a team at the quarterback and say the team's going to make the playoffs because of the quarterback. Uh, I think the Falcons are a more complete team, so uh, and they have playoff experience. I'm going to say the Lions and the Falcons. All right, fair enough. So you got Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs as of now, but uh, we're allowing for waffling between now and Labor Day. So we got a couple of things that are different. Obviously, we differ on the AFC South and kind of who gets in from that side. And then also the NFC South, Scott. So the South is where we differ more than most. We do still share the same opinion for six of the eight divisions, maybe a little bit closer to the uh, kickoff of the regular season. We'll also play out our picks for the AFC and NFC championship games, as well as our Super Bowl picks as we ride into the regular season. Here's what I want to tell people before we head on into the break, Scotty. You know, we talk about, you know, all these big time DFS sites where some people are putting in a hundred lineups, you know, and using their algorithms. Don't forget about Fantasy Factor, okay? Fantasy Factor is the only exclusive single-entry DFS site. They have free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout on the Fantasy Factors free $1 million Survivor Contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. $1 million. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. Scotty, I love that single-entry tournaments. Even when I go on over to the big sites, generally what I do, instead of putting in, say, three lineups into a Millie Maker or something like that that has so many different people with 50 lineups. I take my three lineups and I put them in three separate single entry contests because I want to have a, a better chance. And, uh, you know, I've already put in some lineups and uh, they have the very low priced Washington running backs in those lineups. What do you think about P. Ryan and Kelly as early, early week DFS values? Because, uh, you know, they all priced guys high. Nah. No? Why not? No, I, I, it could be a timeshare between the two of them. All right, but at the, t- the price that they're going at, Scotty, it, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's always some punch you want to put play in the lineup. Who are they playing in week one? Arizona. Arizona's defense is okay. It's not great. Yeah, but it's not going to uh, move the needle one way or the other. It's I don't not think like I don't, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling any upside on either one of those backs, though. 
All right, fair enough. I think when you look at their price tag is what it is that generates the value, not necessarily what they do, but you know, at the fact that you can get a potential starting running back at the bare minimum price is always something that you have to look at. When we come back, though, Scotty, we'll talk a little bit more maybe about offensive lines, a little bit more about your players to watch in the NFC, and at the same time, we also have new team name submissions for our contest. We'll visit the poll. We'll talk a lot more. We'll put the fun in functional sports radio we'll have your calls as well who else wants to you know get after my andrew luck pick well uh the phone lines are open it's dane and scott roto experts in the morning right here on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. What do we got here, Scotty? Oh, you know this one. Is this I want to rock and roll all night? Yes. And party every day? Yes. Fantastic. I do know this. Some of even the more popular ones, Scotty. And, you know, you make you get it. It's like name that tune. Remember the old game? And you're like, I can name this in three beats. And I need a little bit more uh, for some of these songs, even the more yeah, popular ones. I remember I was at a bar once a few years ago. Yeah. And, like, you know... Chris Pavone and some rock fans will know this. At the beginning of Detroit Rock City on a destroyer, there's like a uh, a guy jingles his car keys. I, I they were playing name that tune at a bar. I heard the jingle. And you know right the off the keys, bat. and I, I won fifty bucks. That's what's up. I think, yeah. you know, it's funny. Uh, this is not music, but on TV, I don't know if people are big-time Law & Order fans like me, but I can almost, like, I can tell the entire episode based on just, like, the murder scene. You know, like, the very first scene yeah. where they, like, discover the body. I'm like, oh, I remember this episode. <laughs> you know, and you can see it that way. But I digress, Scotty. Here on Roto Experts in the Morning, we put the fun and functional sports content. We got a poll question up. So many ways for you guys to join this show if you want to contribute. We're asking whose stock has gone up the most because of what we saw in preseason week one, David and Joku, Joe Mixon, Andrew Luck, or somebody else. And right now, 49% of you are saying Andrew Luck. It was most. It was important enough for me to uh, edit my AFC South division winner pick. One other thing I want to ask you real quick about that. Scott, we talked about how much tougher the NFC is than the AFC, right? And how maybe top-heavy. The AFC is with people like, you know, Pittsburgh and New England, how everybody knows you may believe in, you know, whether it's Houston, the Chargers, the Jags or another team, whatever the case may be. But, you know, what I think is very interesting, you can get ahead of the game, Scott. They have Super Bowl odds already uh, or a line right now. And what they have right now, I think, is interesting. They have the AFC team as a minus two and a half point favorite in the Super Bowl. What do you think about that, Scott? I mean, like, it's interesting because you think about how good the NFC is, we think. But then, if you think about it, like, you know, the, the, the chalk would be that it's New England, right? And then if it's the Pats in there, I can see them being a two-and-a-half-point favorite against anybody. What do you think about that, getting ahead of it, picking with the conference? Right now, it's AFC as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the NFC in the Super Bowl, regardless of who the representatives are. Would you ever take a shot at that, thinking, um, you know, thinking you could get some value there on teams you like? 
Probably because we don't even know who's going to represent the AFC. I think that is right. That New, New England's going to win fa- it again. right, and that's got to be that, why that, they're the favorite, right? That's a good. That's a good assumption. But uh, look, New England, New England lost last year, so yeah, I think it's interesting. And if it's one of these other upstart teams that people believe in, they would probably be a bigger. Um, they'd be probably be an underdog, right? You know, let's say it winds up being like uh, the Chargers get through and they're up against like the Eagles or the Vikings or whatever the, these teams that we think are heavy big boys in the NFC. You got to think the AFC team would be a underdog, right? And so the fact that you can get the NFC as an underdog right now and get two and a half points of them might be an interesting bet. And then you're just holding out hope. Maybe you would do something like NFC plus two and a half and then you'd bet right now the, the Patriots futures. You know, at the same time, and you get maybe covered that way. I just think it was interesting that I wanted to note. You maybe see some value in uh, NFC plus two and a half right now as well, huh, Scotty? Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So go on over to mybookie.ag and check it out. Remember, enter the promo code FNTSY. The other thing you need to do, we haven't talked about it much, go to the go to Roto Experts and get the exclusive edge fantasy football package. Enter the promo code the King at checkout. Remember, you get the King's rankings, right? You get the Corey Parsons Fantasy Executive blog. You get so much content. And one of the things that are in there, Scott, is a breakdown of offensive lines. And I want to touch on this very quickly, you know, because I, I told you about how this offensive line is part of the reason I'm moving away from the Houston Texans in the AFC South. We saw it with teams last year, okay, how the offensive line completely ruined their season, everywhere from Cincinnati to, uh, you know, the Giants as well. A lot of teams, you know, saw those piss-poor offensive lines really undo their season. So when I look at these rankings, Scott, we talked about Houston, but I also I see the Arizona Cardinals, as number 30, does that give you any concern for a guy like David Johnson? I see the Giants in the back 10 as well. Does that give you any kind of concern with a guy like Saquon Barkley? Tell me, how much of an impact do these offensive lines or being a really bad offensive line, how much does that impact your thinking of the skill positions on that team for fantasy? I think it does because you, you, you look at certain running backs and yeah. – you know, it's the blocking that holds him back. You know, that's what people were saying about Samaja P. Ryan and Lamar Miller, you know, guys mm. guys who have failed. And it has to be the right running back but, but behind the offensive line. Look, Saquon Barkley's going to get his. The Giants have, you know, they've right. added two new offensive linemen. And uh, we, saw, we saw immediately on uh, Saturday night David Johnson come out and have two nights runs yeah. right away. All right, so fair enough, you know, so it's something to consider, but these guys who are true studs are still going to get theirs. The only other thing I wanted to ask you about uh, some of these rankings, which you can get over on the Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Package. Remember, enter the promo code El Rey at checkout if you want to be bilingual about it all, and you know, you know how Scotty loves that. Um, it also, I think it, what it does a good job of, Scott is it breaks it down between pass blocking and run blocking. And I see a couple of examples where a team is – strong at one and not good at the other. And I'd love to get your insights on that. For example, it lists the Los Angeles Chargers as a top 10 offensive line in the league and says that it is elite in the top five when it comes to pass blocking, right, to protect Phillip Rivers. But it also says that it's below average when it comes to the run game. How does that work out, Scotty, when teams might be better, say, in this case, at pass blocking than run blocking? And then I see a couple of cases it's, you know, swapped. You know, the Chicago Bears Colts are examples here where they say it's better at run blocking, you know, above average run blocking and below average pass blocking. With this kind of information, what kind of – 
what are these tea leaves? You know, what, what meaning can you make out of that for fantasy? And first, do you believe that these three offensive lines and maybe others are stronger at run blocking than pass blocking or vice versa? What's your question? I'm not sure. My question is, um, you know, for these teams, does, uh, d- is it different than just saying the overall offensive line is good or bad? These seem to be examples where they're good at run blocking and not pass blocking or vice versa. So does that have a different kind of impact when you have an outlook for the fantasy skill position players for those teams, Scott? Or we could do a one-by-one. So, for example, the Chargers are listed as above average for pass blocking or elite, but below average for run blocking. So what does that mean for Phillip Rivers or Melvin Gordon? Do you view it differently? What is the impact there? Well, they're also trying to throw to Melvin Gordon more out of the backfield too. You know, that's, right? You know that that's part of it too. You want to get Melvin Gordon in space because he's got speed when when he gets in space. So I think you know there's an adjustment there for for the Chargers to make because they're better for pass blocking. Got you. And then it, it lists here yeah. both the Bears and the Colts. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's what I mean. Better it's for better for us. To, yeah, it's 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 better for us, you know, to look at it that way because there's not one sweeping answer like. Yeah, the bear, the bears better for run blocking. You know, I think that's. But Tariq Cohen, I think, is going to get his regardless. Uh, and the Colts being better for run blocking, I think it doesn't mean as much there because, you know, but I think it's going to be a committee. Okay, fair enough. But at the same time, you know, definitely go on over to the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Package because, listen, Scotty, I mean, you do, you, you would agree that uh, an offensive line has the ability to completely undercut or undermine a team and a fantasy player's success. And the same way, if you happen to be behind some of these really strong offensive lines, it's definitely something to consider, right, Scott? Yes, yeah, certainly. Okay, absolutely. So let's do this, Scotty. As we put the fun in functional sports radio, we only got a few minutes before we pass the baton over to our folks of Carton and Friends here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We have a couple of nominees, but then, Scott, what I want to do, and I want to let the people know that I'll be here tomorrow, but then for the rest of the week here on Roto Experts in the Morning, I'm going on a little bit of a vacation. I got a family wedding to take to be out there in California. So, you know, Pacific time at 4 a.m. is going to be a little too early for speeds to be on the mic. But I want to give a big shout out and thanks to George Kurtz, who's going to be filling in for me for the later part of this week. So what I want to do, Scott, I want to do some team names and because I think tomorrow, tomorrow I want our poll question maybe to be kind of like midway through the contest, what our top four are, so we can kind of see the leader in the clubhouse. Right now, Scott, you have Carry On My Wayward Son, She's Stealing On My Ditka, Jimmy G-Spot, Saquon UC and Henne Ala Vodka as your top five. I have For Netflix and Chill, Jimmy G-Spot, The Njoku's On You, My Ingram Toenail Hurts, and then I have moved into my five spot, this first nominee from Scott Swanson. We heard something like this last week, but I like the way Scott Swanson framed it. Can't hide my chub. What do you think about that one? Can't hide my chub, getting both of the Browns running backs involved. What do you think about that one? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's clever, but it doesn't quite make my top five. Okay, I have it in my number five position right now. Can't hide my chub. Big shout out to Scott Swanson. We got one more submission, and I think it's interesting, Scott, because uh, we heard this in person on Friday, and then uh, John Beardsley hit me up on Twitter with a direct message, and uh, you know we talked about this Detroit running back 
uh, who might be out of the mix, maybe kind of on the uh, on the musical chairs, kind of or on the merry-go-round as more and more people get injured. We're talking about Amir Abdullah. What about Abdullah Ablangada? What do you think about that one, Scotty? Uh, I kind of like it, but it's also kind of obvious to me. Right, right. Uh, so the, the cleverness factor is not enough to get into my top five, although I do like it. Okay, fair enough. So here's what I want to do, Scott. I want to figure out right now, based on our top fives, I want to figure out who is, like, let's find our four right now that we could put into a poll for tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because I feel like this is kind of the halfway point of our contest. You know what I mean? Right. So maybe what we could do, and I'm going to be gone, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. So, you know, maybe we could call this the first half of the contest, get a winner, and then I return, when I return next week, we could, you know, kind of start anew and get a new <laughs> fresh set of names. So who do you think? I mean, Scott, we both have Jimmy G-Spot in our top five, right? So that's got to be in the list. That's got to make say, it. I was going to say, it's a four uh, – it's it's a four, it's a four selection a poll. poll. We, yeah. we should pick the two with two that we like best from each other's lists. Just oh, so like I pick two from yours and you pick two from mine. Yep. I was thinking about ones that we like first take the ones that are like consistent in both. You know, like for example, uh, Jimmy G Spot is in both of them in both of our top five. Yeah. So we got. So I feel like that's got to get in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, I think. I think we got to take one that we, we say, okay, I'm holding on to this one no right. matter what. Okay, you know? so let's so put it this way. Jimmy G-Spot has got to be in there because they're in both of ours, right? Yeah. Okay, what else do you think needs to be in there? Uh, I have to hold on to carry on my wayward son. I just like it too much. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I saw him carrying. I'm saw, saw him carrying the ball the other night, and I started humming it to myself. <laughs> I'm okay with that one because I had that in my top five at one point as well. You know what I mean? So I'm okay with that one. What about Scotty? You know this one? Like, um, I think we got to get a Tyler Bryson. Oh, we got Tyler Bryson in. Would carry on my way with uh, son. Yeah, we got Taylor in there. Yeah, we got him in there. What about? Um. I think you had – it's not in your top five anymore. You had my Ingram toenail erts in there for a long time. It's still in my yeah. top five. What do you think about that one? I'm okay we with both, it. We both yeah, I would it. say out of all, everything you have left, you know, it's, it's the one I like the best. I definitely want to put four Netflix and chill, though, in because it is my number okay. one. You know what I mean? So you've got this. I'm going to put four Netflix in. Uh, so right now, our three that we have so far, Jimmy G-Spot, Carry On My Wayward Son, for Netflix and chill. Scott, what else do you want to put in there? Like, for example, you and um, Chris Bavona both have Oh Saquon You See in there in your top fives. And I kind well, of we like that one. We also have She's Stealing My Ditka, and I have both have she's, rated. You both have She's Stealing My Ditka. Um, and you like that one too, I think. I do, but I like Oh Saquon You See as well. Hey, Chris, uh, let's bring in our guy, the Manimal, real quick to break this tie. Uh, Chris, we'll let you pick. What else should be in our poll for tomorrow? We've got Jimmy G-Spot, Carry all, On My Way with three Spun. of us like Osei, can you see that? For Netflix and chill. How do you feel about this one, Bavona? You want to put Osaquan you see, as uh, our, our lawn? You can get on the air, brother man. You Go ahead. What do you think? I think easily Osaquan you see has to be in this, uh, in this poll. In this one? Okay. Yep. Listen, how do you feel about that one, Scott? You're okay with letting our guy, uh, Chris Bavona, make that deciding fourth one, that fourth entry? Yes, give it to the Giant fan. 
You know what I mean? Like, we got to bring in Bavona. He's down there toiling in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to him. So tomorrow, Scott, we're going to go with Jimmy G-Spot, Carry On My Wayward Son, For Netflix and Chill, and Oh Saquon UC as our kind of like first half nominees for the best team name. Don't get us wrong. You can continue to submit. You can continue. Maybe some of these will also be in the poll at the end as well if it doesn't make the cut now, but that's okay. But I feel good about that poll, Scotty. How do you feel for tomorrow? Yeah, I feel good with that. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Sounds good. I don't, so that's I don't, what we're going to do. I don't, I don't like saying goodbye to she's stealing on my dick. Up but we could have that, you know, one, in. Could have that one in still. Like the yeah, next I, time. And Henny Elevadko always makes me chuckle. I know it does. So don't get me wrong. We're going to still have these as nominees, and you guys can still submit so many ways to join the show at 844-843-6879. You could also answer our polls. You could always find us at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty Roto X as well. Scotty, we only got one minute left. I got to ask you something, though. Um, I know we don't talk baseball, but I'm going to the Subway Series. It's that makeup date of the rainout, and it is Severino yep. versus DeGrom, two, uh, you know, two studs. Um, DeGrom right now, though, is at six and seven for his record. But do you think that he he has like a full half run on people as a Major League Baseball ERA leader? Do you think it's possible? Could DeGrom win the Cy Young with a record of, say, like eight and ten? I forgot what Felix Hernandez is. He was 12 and 13 that year. He was 12 12 and 13. 13. So, yeah, Yeah, he was below 500. It can can happen, but I think there's a few more decisions to be had before it's it's 8 and 10. He could could be like 9 and and 11, something like that. He's 6 and 7 right now. He's 6 and 7 right now. He could be 10 and 10. Last time out, they gave him some run support. So, you never know. And it just seems like, from a tangible perspective, the Mets play sometimes a little bit better when they're facing the Yankees overall. Never know. We'll see tonight. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know it, it, they get motivated. So and Severino pitched better last time out, you know, and is like seemingly put a run of bad starts behind him. So right. it's going to be an interesting game. Do you think Degrom has to get to double digit wins in order to make no. it even? No. You think if he gets no. if he's like eight and ten, you think it's still possible? I think he's like 9 and 11. I think it's still possible, yeah. Fair enough. We shall see, and we'll break it all down a little bit more tomorrow. Roto Experts in the morning. Carton and Friends up next. Don't forget to answer the polls and give us your team names. We'll have a poll up tomorrow to see who the halfway winner is. Roto Experts in the morning. See you tomorrow, Scott.